Well, this evening we're going to come to God's Word and we're going to come to Genesis chapter 39. So if you have a pew Bible or a Bible with you this evening, I invite you to turn with me to Genesis 39 and verses 19. And we're going to read chapter 40 and 23. So Genesis 39 this evening and verse 19. We're very thankful, at least I'm very thankful this evening for Nigel being able to preach at short notice, as I got the text this morning to say that Jonty wasn't uh, going to come, and he wasn't going to be able to make his flight, and I wondered who, who would get the straw to preach this evening, and it's moments like this that I am glad that Nigel's the boss, and uh, we are going to start a series in Joseph in a, in a few weeks' time, uh, and so this evening we're going to dip into Genesis, and we're going to look a little bit at Joseph, and Nigel's going to open that for us. So Genesis 39 And we're going to read from verse 19 this evening. This is God's word. When his master heard the story, his wife told him, saying, This is how your slave treated me. He burned with anger. And Joseph's master took him and put him in prison, the place where the king's prisoners were confined. But while Joseph was there in the prison, the Lord was with him. He showed him kindness and granted him favor in the eyes of the prison warden. So the warden put Joseph in charge of all those held in prison, and he was made responsible for all that was done there. The warder paid no attention to anything under Joseph's care because the Lord was with Joseph and gave him success in whatever he did. Sometime later, the cupbearer and the beggar of the king of Egypt offended their master, the king of Egypt. Pharaoh was angry with his two officials, the chief cupbearer and the chief beggar, and he put them in custody in the house of the captain of the guard in the same prison on where Joseph was confined. And the captain of the guard assigned them to Joseph, and he attended them. And after they had been in custody for some time, each of the two men, the cupbearer and the beggar of the king of Egypt, who were being held in the prison, had a dream the same night, and each dream had a meaning of its own. When Joseph came to them, the next morning he saw that they were dejected. So he asked Pharaoh's officials who were in custody with him in in his master's house, why are your faces so sad today? We both had dreams, they answered, but there is no one to interpret them. Then Joseph said to them, do not interpreters belong to God? Interpretations belong to God. Tell me your dreams. So the chief cupbearer told Joseph his dream. He said to him, In my dream I saw a vine in front of me, and on the vine were three, there were three branches. And as soon as it budded, it blossomed, and its clusters ripened into grapes. And Pharaoh's cup was in my hand, and I took the grapes, squeezed them into Pharaoh's cup, and put the cup in, its, in his hand. This is what it means, Joseph said to him. The three branches are three days. Within three days, Pharaoh will lift up your head and restore you to your position, and you will put Pharaoh's cup in his hand, just as you used to do when you were his cupbearer. But when all goes well with you, remember me and show me kindness. Mention me to Pharaoh and get me out of prison, for I was forcibly carried off from the land of the Hebrews, and even here I have done nothing to deserve being put in a dungeon." When the chief beggar saw that Joseph had given a favorable interpretation, he said to Joseph, I too had a dream, and on my head there were three baskets of bread. In the top basket there were all kinds of baked goods for Pharaoh, 
but the birds were eating them out of the basket on my head. This is what it means, Joseph said. Three baskets are three days. Within three days, Pharaoh will lift off your head and hang you on a tree, and the birds will eat away your flesh. Now, the third day was Pharaoh's birthday, and he gave a feast for all his officials. And then he lifted up the heads of the chief cupbearer and the chief beggar in the presence of his officials. He restored the chief cupbearer to his position so that he once again put the cup into Pharaoh's hand. But he hanged the chief beggar, just as Joseph had said to them in his interpretation. The chief cupbearer, however, did not remember Joseph. He forgot him. Amen. And we thank God for his word to us. Well, let's uh, take our Bibles and turn to Genesis 39 and 40. When uh, I was a primary school child, I learned a little story that went something like this. Uh, One day, a man went for a flight in an airplane. Obviously, it wasn't a day like today. Uh, Unfortunately, he fell out of the plane Fortunately, he had a parachute on. Unfortunately, the parachute didn't work. Fortunately, there was a haystack below him. Unfortunately, there was a pitchfork in the haystack. Fortunately, he missed the pitchfork. Unfortunately, he missed the haystack. And and, and sort of ended there. Um, Sometimes our, our lives can have a bit of that sort of flavor about them. Things can be going well for us, and then there's a phone call or a knock at the door, and a meeting at work, or whatever it might be, and our whole lives are, are thrown into turmoil, and we wonder how we're going to cope. We, we uh, struggle to understand what God is doing in our situation, and I, I'm sure that one of the reasons that, that God doesn't just give us a, a, a list of things to believe, but uh, so often tells us about His dealings with people down through the ages in the Bible is that he allows us to see in, in uh, 3D, as it were, what God is really doing uh, with his people. Uh, and we see this in the life of Joseph, don't we? Uh, God is really, really at powerfully at work in his life. It is the purpose of God to take this young uh, Hebrew lad to bring him into a position of power and influence in Egypt so that through him not only could uh, his family and his people be re- uh, rescued from famine, and uh, also, of course, that uh, Egypt could be rescued from famine, but, but God's people could be brought into the incubator that was uh, Egypt, that they might grow into a mighty nation. Joseph, of course, reminds us, points us to Jesus very uh, amazingly, and, and as John said, we're going to, in a few uh, weeks, begin a little series in the evenings about Joseph uh, and Joseph's life, and I think we'll see that uh, more then, perhaps, than tonight. But you know, Joseph is the favored son. He is God's man. He is the one who is turned against by his brothers. He's the one who is disrobed and cast into a hole in the ground and yet rises from that to a position of great power that those who uh, mistreated him bow before him, and he deals with them with mercy and grace. These things are are, are there to to evoke uh, memories, uh, anticipation of of the great story in the Scripture. And uh, tonight, we're we're, we're really looking particularly just at, at, at one little aspect of that story, just to see how Joseph dealt with the the fact that his life wasn't going how he thought it might go, 
how he would have wanted it uh, to go. He's able to, to look back at the end of his life. Uh, Genesis 50 tells us that, that really key verse, you intended to harm me, but God intended it for good. Position of, of great faith and understanding. He's able to understand how God has been at work. But, but what we want, want to see tonight is that even in the midst of some of that time of when it seemed that those who intended to harm him had the upper hand, he was looking to the Lord. That's what God's man does in the midst of suffering. Now, we've, we've broken into the story, obviously, in our reading. We, we know uh, the, the, the broad outline, perhaps, of uh, Joseph's story. He's the favored uh, son of Isaac. His 10 older brothers hate him. This uh, is uh, difficult for Joseph, and, and uh, he is thrown into the pit. Uh, he is then sold as a slave. He ends up, of course, in Potiphar's house and uh, rises there to prosperity and to a position of power. And then uh, he uh, is framed, as it were, by uh, Potiphar's wife and uh, thrown into prison. Interesting that he's thrown into prison. I've often wondered about that. Potiphar held Joseph's life in his hand at that point. He, he didn't kill him. It's sort of odd that he didn't kill him. Uh, I don't think there would have been any repercussions if he had. I suspect that Potiphar didn't wholly believe his wife's story, but, but he uh, allows Joseph to go into prison, and, and the, uh, a, the, 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 the captain of the guard would, would have been assigned uh, by uh, Potiphar and, and would have uh, entirely known what was going on uh, with uh, Joseph and indeed with Potiphar. So he's aware of that situation and seems to be content with it. And Joseph does rise again. It's this fortunately, unfortunately sort of thing. He rises again within the prison. At the end of, uh, verse 30, of chapter 39, it says again that the Lord was with him. And soon he is interpreting the butler and the baker's dreams. And it looks like he has a chance for release from prison. And the cupbearer is released. And then the chapter ends in verse 23. The chief cupbearer, however, did not remember Joseph. He forgot him. And verse 1 of the next chapter, we didn't read, but it says, It was two full years before Pharaoh begins to dream. And Joseph is remembered. Now, we... we scan over these Bible stories so quickly. Put yourself in Joseph's shoes for a moment. Allow yourself to imagine yourself lying there in your cell at the end of the day, and you look back over your relatively short life, and you think, this is really not how I imagined my life would go. Just when things look as if they're coming together, it all falls apart. What a roller coaster. And perhaps he, he asked uh, what God is doing in my life. I'm sure you might have asked that. Uh, what does God have for me? What does God want from me? But we see how he, he responds. And, and, and very, very simply, three very simple things uh, for us tonight. And the first is to say, don't be surprised whenever we go through difficult times. Don't be surprised when we go through difficult times. I don't know if you're one of those people who <clears throat> has uh, something in your house that has a Bible verse on it, perhaps it's a painting. Uh, you go to some of the Christian bookshops and, and uh, you'll find there's a painting there with uh, different texts and so on and promises. And, and I could be pretty sure that the promises that, that appear on these texts are, are almost certainly the, the, the encouraging promises. 
But there are other promises in the scriptures too that are equally true. Jesus said in John 16, in this world you will have trouble. John 15, if they persecuted me, they will persecute you also. You won't find that on many paintings. But Jesus tells us that if we set our hearts on him, if we are going to be a God's man, God's woman, then we will have trouble. And we know that in our heads, of course, but, but whenever it befalls us, uh, we act as if it's somehow out of step with what God is doing, with what following Jesus is all about. And the trouble is, of course, that, that we have this, we're, we're desperately wedded to a, to a sort of a works mentality. We, we think of, uh, we've maybe got into our heads that, that, that we were definitely not saved by our works really can't be a, a Christian if we're trusting in ourselves rather than Christ. But so often we, we think that we, we have a blessing by works sort of mentality. So that if we are faithful, not just that we'll be blessed, but our lives will be smooth. I remember there was an old hymn we used to sing in Giltonston in, in Aberdeen, and I don't know the, the, the first line of it, but, but one of the great uh, lines in the middle was, must I be carried to the skies on flowery beds of ease? And of course, the answer from the hymn writer is no, but, but actually your heart cries out, oh, please. I want, my, I want my life to be a flowery bed of ease. Doesn't Romans 8, 28 say that? Doesn't it promise that all things work to the good for those who love him? Well, it does, but but, but it doesn't mean a smooth life. It's, it's saying that God is working for our good, for our Christ-likeness, for our holiness, for his glory. And God knows the very best thing that he can do in your life and in my life is to make me and you more like Jesus Christ. And, and so all things will be pressed into service for that goal. Now, we have to see that in, in a Joseph situation, God is, is just as much in control whenever he was in the dungeon as whenever he was in the palace. He was working for Joseph's goods in the, in the difficult times just as much as in the easy times. And, and uh, in fact, sometimes it is, and some of you have said this to me, sometimes it is in the difficult times that we see God at work all the more clearly. A little poem, I walked a mile with pleasure. She chatted all the way. Remember, it was Alistair Begg I heard say this. I walked a mile with pleasure. She chatted all the way, but left me none the wiser for all she had to say. I walked a mile with sorrow, and ne'er a word said she, but oh, the little things I learned from her when sorrow walked with me. And if you're here tonight and you're a believer, you may know that this is true, that the times that that you have grown most as a Christian have been some of the times that have been darkest and most difficult in your life. And, and I'm sure this was Joseph's experience. He was learning things in the disappointment of prison that God was not going to teach him in other places, and so none of this was being wasted. Now, it doesn't mean that we seek out difficult experiences. We see that even in Joseph here. He, he uh, asks that, that he might be remembered before Pharaoh. He, he wants a way out of his circumstance. He knows he's there unjustly. But it does mean that when these things befall us, we do not think that God 
is looking the other way, that he has been somehow taken by surprise. And perhaps we recognize that he will do something in our lives that we will eventually praise him for. Don't be surprised when we go through hard times. Second thing to say here is, is we don't want to quit whenever we go through hard times. Very easy, isn't it? Just to, to throw up the hands and say, oh, that's it. I, I'm done. If I had thought that following Jesus was going to mean this for me, well, I would never have started out. Joseph would have been forgiven, wouldn't he? for throwing in the towel. He had many opportunities for doing that. There were many occasions when he could have said, where has my trust in God got me? If he was measuring his life by the outside markers of success, really it was pretty, it was pretty poor. When he was stumbling along behind a camel bound for Egypt, he could have said, why did God let this happen? And maybe he did say that for a while. When he was lying in prison after resisting Potiphar's wife, you know, you know this sort of homespun wisdom that, that, that people say, do the right thing, son, and you'll never regret it. And he's lying there thinking, I did the right thing, and look where it's got me. So what's he going to do? He's faced with this decision. Is he going to feel sorry for himself or, or going to uh, just sit back and, and give it all up? And we're not told specifically what he decides, but the direction of his life shows that something has happened to him. And, and, and here's how I, I sort of see this for, for, for Joseph, that, that somehow he says something like this. He says, this is not what I'd hoped for. This is not where I'd imagined myself. But I am where I am, and and I'm going to make the most of it. I, I, I believe that God has not finished with me yet. I believe that somehow I am here by his hand and I'm going to live for him in the circumstances that he has put me in. He probably had to make that decision more than once. God has allowed me to be a slave in Potiphar's house. I'll be the best slave that Potiphar ever had. I'll honor God in every task I do because I am not here by accident. My times are in your hands. God has allowed me to be a prisoner in this jail. Well, okay, Lord. It's not how I'd imagined it, but I'm going to be the best prisoner this jail has ever had. I, I, I'm going to honor you in every task that I, I've, I'm faced with because my times are in your hands. And those were really big decisions. If he decided otherwise, perhaps we wouldn't have heard of his story at all. And they're not easy decisions. He's got a battle against bitterness and, 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 and regret and all of those things. You know, he's the dreamer, isn't he? You imagine what his dreams are like. He sees the, the angry faces of his brothers really set on killing him. He sees the the disappointment in Potiphar's face, who had trusted so much to him. He could have become bitter and resentful and self-absorbed, but he doesn't, he, he doesn't allow those things to grow in his heart. 
And I think we, we know that we live in a, in a culture that just really, really encourages this. Says to us, your life is not everything you want it to be. Do you know what you are? You're a victim. Somebody's to blame for this. And you should really spend your life trying to get even. And, 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 and saying, this, this is who I am, and it's because of someone else. And yet he doesn't do that. He's decided that he's, he's, he's going to live for the Lord in the confines that, that providence has put around him. And God blessed him. 39.20, but while Joseph was there in the prison, the Lord was with him. He showed him kindness and granted him favor in the eyes of the prison warder. So the warder put Joseph in charge of all those he held in the prison, and he was made responsible for all that was done there. The warder paid no attention to anything under, under Joseph's care because the Lord was with Joseph and gave him success in whatever he did. None of us get very far on in life before we, we ask the question, is this it? Is this, is this exactly how my life is going to be? The things on the list that I had dreamt of when I was younger, I'm not going to get to do. But the question is, within the limitations that providence has put upon us, are we going to live for God? And of course, sometimes we want to put that off. It's a bit like some of us put off the, the coming to Christ. We, we, we think that there will be an easier time to make that commitment to Him. But but for Christians, that same sort of struggle happens, doesn't it? You know, I, I really live for him whenever, whenever I finish university, whenever I'm out of school. Oh, peer pressure, so difficult. It, it, it just would be almost impossible for me to be wholehearted, so I'll be mediocre, and eventually I'll be wholehearted. Or whenever I'm married, or, or, or whenever I, I, I've got a bit more money under, under my belt, or whenever I'm retired, then I'll be committed. But Joseph shows us that, that the place for living for the Lord is here and now. You know, you know, John Bunyan, we, we've been looking a little at Pilgrim's Progress occasionally in the midweek, and, and uh, we imagine perhaps that, that John Bunyan had a, a very straightforward time, uh, but uh, far from it. He was preaching in the open air at a time whenever that was illegal in England, and he refused to stop. Eventually, he was thrown into prison, and, and uh, what was he going to do? Well, he sort of faced the same sorts of questions that Joseph faced, and, and he chose to, to be wholehearted in the midst of that situation. The first thing he did was... Uh, take one of the legs of his three-legged stool and carved a flute. It's a good thing for John Bunyan to do. And the sound of music was coming from his cell. 
the three-legged stool wasn't so useful after that, to be fair. Uh, and then, then he started to write. And he started to write Pilgrim's Progress, the most influential piece of Christian literature outside of the Bible, written by a, a, a prisoner in a cell, by someone who decided that he was going to live for God within the bounds that providence had put upon him. There's an old hymn in, in the old blue hymn book, uh, which we, we don't sing, but it's called, Whate'er My God Ordains Is Right. It was written by a German guy called Rodegast, and he wrote it to cheer his friend Gastorius, who had become very ill. Gastorius eventually recovered, and he wrote uh, the tune for, for the hymn. But you imagine, you imagine yourself, you're, you're really ill, you're sick, and, and you think you're going to die, and, and your friend comes round, and he says... Gastorius, I know you're really sick, but I've written you a hymn. Great. Can I, can, I, can I read it for you? I haven't got a tune yet. Can I read it for you? goes, oh, okay, go ahead. Here, here it goes. Whatever my God ordains is right, his holy will abideth. I will be still whatever he doth and follow where he guideth. He is my God, though dark my road. He holds me that I shall not fall. Wherefore to him I leave it all. Whatever my God ordains is right, here shall my stand be taken. Though sorrow, need, or death be mine, yet I am not forsaken. My Father's care is round me there. He holds me that I shall not fall. Wherefore to him I leave it all. We wouldn't do that today, would we? That would be insensitive. But when things are at their deepest point for any of us, we do need to know that our Father's care is round us all. Wherefore to Him I leave it all. Joseph was in far from ideal circumstances, but he was holding on to God within the bounds that strange providence had put upon him. And then that just brings us up to to our very last point. It's a simple thing, and that is uh, don't forget others whenever you suffer. Don't be surprised when you suffer. Don't give up when you suffer. Don't forget others when you suffer. Uh, you know that whenever we go through a hard time, our heads drop, don't they? We, we, we tend to not look up. Our, the ground fills our, our, our view. And, and, and that's not what happened to Joseph. He, he looked to the needs of those around him after they had been disturbed by their dreams. You see verses 6 and 7 of uh, the chapter, chapter 40. When Joseph came to the next morning, he saw that they were dejected. So he asked Pharaoh's officials who were in custody with him in his master's house. Why are your faces so sad today? You see, Joseph, Joseph saw the aching hearts around him. Jesus was like that, wasn't he? On the cross, he sees the thief. He sees his mother. And Joseph here is preceding our Savior. Why are you so dejected? And, and, and he, 
asks the butler uh, to remember him to Pharaoh. He sees this as a God-given opportunity, as indeed it came to be. But as he was in these far from ideal circumstances, he was looking for the needs of others. And so he tells them about God being the interpreter of dreams. He listens to them. He passes on that interpretation. He speaks the truth to them. Remember we said something about that this morning, that we need people in our lives who are going to speak the truth to us no matter what. But he sees the needs of those around him. I I remember very early on in a time that I was training to be a minister, actually, going to visit somebody who was just a, a great, godly saint. And he was ill. He was, he was dying with cancer. And, and I spent quite a bit of time with him over uh, the, the number of months before he, he passed away. And I'd have gone into the ward in Craig Allen Hospital. I'd have spoken to him and asked him how things were going. And he'd have said, well, you know, they've done this today and they've done that. And, and this has worked and this hasn't been so good. But, but anyway, enough about me. Tell me how things are in the church. What can I pray for? What, what's, what's happening in the, in the youth fellowship? Thinking of others. When we suffer, don't miss the opportunity to look out and help others. So there's Joseph in, in, in the dungeon. He's put there by injustice. He's kept there for two years by injustice. His life was not how he wanted it to be. He trusts God in the midst of it all. He is not surprised when he suffers. He doesn't give up when he suffers. He helps others as he suffers. He, he trusts the Lord with his experience. Almost certainly, some of us are going through some hard times just now. Maybe for others, the, the, the hard time is around the corner. And the question is, are we going to trust the Lord with it? Are we able to look to him even if we, we don't see the reasons? Even if we don't find out why until we're in glory? W- one final thing to say, and that is we're never going to trust the Lord Jesus with our experiences, with our disappointments, with, with our lives until we've, we've trusted him with our souls. And maybe some of us here tonight, we're thinking, Lord, I would really like to know that you're watching over me. But you know what? I, I'd rather you would just stay a little bit away from me as far as salvation is concerned. Some of us end up going through hard times and we look for the comfort of God in vain because that's how we've lived our lives. I want the blessings you give me, Lord, but you I want to do without. And if you're here tonight and you're not a believer and you're looking at the life of Joseph and thinking, wouldn't it be great to know that my life was under a kind, sovereign hand then the place to start with that is by coming to the Lord Jesus yourself, by becoming a Christian. And then you're in the position to know that your times are in his hands. Let's pray together.
Lord, some of these things are hard. We, we know how much we seek comfort. We desire those flowery beds of ease. And we, we want to believe, O oh Lord, that, that we can learn everything we need to learn in, in, in comfort and security. But Lord, we, we pray tonight that you will help us to, to understand your ways with your people. You'll help us to know that you are a God who is always good, whether we're in the palace or the prison, whether it's straightforward or difficult. And help us, Lord, in the circumstances that we are in today, tonight, to determine that we will live for you. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Now our offering is going to be received. <clears throat>